This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hook 'em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Nine o'clock hour is here. It's a jam-packed one. We're going to do a little bit of an audible here. Normally, Setlist ATX with Nick Julie bringing you the uh, best live music shows in Austin, Texas this weekend. Starting tonight is at nine thirty. But at nine thirty, we're going to get a phone call from our buddy Alex Okafer. Yeah, and, uh, Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl champion Alex Okafer. Heck of a nice guy, Alex Okafer. Doing a great job. I see him with Bob Ballou on Sunday nights on uh, CBS Austin. Does some KBU. He's all over the place. So we're looking forward to talking to him. Get his thoughts on this Texas-Oklahoma State matchup. What makes Mike Gundy such a tough coach to deal with? And remember, uh, two years ago, they were in this game. And it was a goal line stand. His team had... Four chances to beat Baylor to win the Big 12 championship. You know that's still got to sit in his craw. That we, and really it was six chances, if you remember. They had Spencer Sanders, their quarterback, and they first and second down from inside the five-yard line. They didn't get it. And then there was a penalty, pass interference. So they got four more tries from the inside the five-yard line and several of them at the end right at the two-yard, one-yard line after the P.I. call and couldn't score a touchdown. And Baylor ended up winning the Big 12. And that was when Baylor had Siaki Ika and those big guys, Terrell Bernard and Jalen Petrie. And that, that team was fierce. Yeah, they were really good. And they, much like Texas did to K-State, they held up for, four, for six downs and won a Big 12 title. The Big 12 championship game went to the goal line last year. That's with TCU right. and uh, K-State in overtime. And you felt like for all the world that they were going to run a quarterback sneak and Max Duggan was going to dive in. It was going to be a touchdown. And they were going to beat K-State. And – I still don't understand the play calling for Sonny Dykes in that game. Golly. I mean, you got this quarterback who seems like he'll climb over a mountain to get you get in the end zone and uh, give him a chance. They ran it with Kendra Miller and uh, got stuffed, and uh, K-State won the Big 12. And that's always the little trivia question because TCU fans will always remember the, the great season of 2022, but they didn't win a trophy in 2022. They didn't win the Big 12, lost. They didn't win the national championship. They played for it. but They, they remember that part. <laughs> that'll be one of those trivia questions you can stump your kids with and you know, your grandkids down the road. Who's the only team to play for a national championship that didn't win a trophy? Not all. I'm sure there's others that in this era that have not won their conference. But did they win the championship? We'll see. Longhorns trying to find their way in to that Final Four. It's um, Georgia. I, know, I know. What's that, Ty? Georgia's done it a bunch of times. Like Have they? Where they didn't win the SEC, but what they, well, they, they won, won the last year, sense. but yeah. the year before, the last the year before, they lost to Alabama, right? In the, but they won the SEC, didn't they not? No, they lost in the SEC championship. Okay, pretty sure. I remember my dates, but yeah, TCU did not. So that's what Texas will try to avoid. And if they can win that game Saturday at eleven o'clock, they'll get to sit back and watch all the games. I and mean, that's the way this plays out. Texas gets a, a really center of attention spot here, right? It's championship Saturday. Um, Friday night is Oregon and Washington. For the and I'll I know Oregon and the, the argument I get it I think there's some regionality to this and geography is a factor uh, they want a West Coast team involved in this um, and so the winner of that game takes a spot uh, I think that's I don't think you can fight against that anymore you can be mad about it but I don't think that that's in the books uh, and then I think Al, Georgia's in 
or Alabama's in with the win. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I believe Texas would stay ahead of Georgia if Alabama beat Georgia. That would be my opinion, but I know there are those who disagree with me, and that's fine. But I think Georgia would be out. I think there's one spot for the SEC. I think there's one spot for the ACC or for the, for the Pac-12. Michigan has to secure its spot because if they lose, you know, would, would they stay? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's – they would want a Big Ten team there, uh, but, you know, but I don't think that happens. But at the same time – yeah, but that's, that's interesting to heard. think. Like, and yeah, what happens with? Do they put? Does that mean Ohio State? By the jumps way, the Big Ten's in? been like, well. Like, if, if Iowa had a ten and two Iowa team with it, would play a Herculean defensive effort and upset Michigan, because if they can stop their run, you can make JJ McCarthy beat you. But he seems like he can now. I don't think this is going to happen. But that's a scenario nobody talks about. If they, if I were to win that game, you might shut out the uh, Big Ten. Because outside of Ohio State and Michigan, the Pink Ten's been pretty bad. Do you think they'd – I just don't foresee them letting that happen, though. I know. That's letting it – but you have – there are eight teams still in the conversation. Yeah, there's a lot that can go. happen. This is going to be a fun weekend, man. Last weekend was fun. This, this is going to well, be Well, and nuts. Texas gets to – you know, in, in a best-case scenario, Texas would dominate Oklahoma State when going away. Yep. Uh, and then – that's the only game at 11. I mean, there's, you know, there's Liberty's playing. There's Conference, you know, Tulane. There's some, you know, other championship games going on. But of, of the big ones, of the Power Five, they're the only ones at 11. Pac-12 gets center stage on Friday night um, with their championship game. Uh, and then the triple header at night, they're all at one time. I mean, I think, there, I think there's a 30-minute time difference between the three games, between the ACC, the Big Ten, and the SEC. We just need to win 70-3. to three. I think that would be perfect. And then, as I said, <laughs> like between, we did against Colorado, and if that game's over by two o'clock or two thirty in the afternoon, between you know that time and when the night games kick off, Sark needs to be on every show possible, and CDC and selling Texas and making the case, and uh, you know then sit back and watch because that's that's your lobbying time is over after that, uh, and then the other teams will make their case. Michigan will play. Um, that, you know, Georgia will look to handle Alabama, and um, you know the. the the Louisville-Florida State game will become the most watched game in Austin, Texas, without a doubt. Gosh, they're my new favorite team, man. I love Jeff Brom. I do, too. I'm a big fan. I, like <laughs> actually, I actually do. I liked him as a player back in the day. Yeah, me too. Um, it says, obviously no championship trophy, but did TCU get a trophy for the semifinal bowl game? They probably did. They probably gave him a trophy. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, because it, it would it have been a bowl game. Yeah, it was a bowl. So it was they a fiesta get that bowl. Yeah. It was the fiesta. So they got a fiesta bowl. Trophy. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. And they were a great team. That's just and that's the, the other part of my regionality <laughs> take on this is that the Rose Bowl is a semifinal site. So for the Rose Bowl, for the Pac-12, to on, in their last year of existence, to have either Washington or Oregon in that game makes sense. It makes sense. And if they were playing a Michigan, because they're right now 2-3, Washington – um, you know, that makes sense as a traditional Rose Bowl kind of matchup uh, for the semifinal. And then you'd have the Sugar Bowl, where if Georgia handles business, it'd be Georgia playing either Texas or Florida State. Yeah, I wonder if regional. they – I wonder if they – I know they do. I know they think those through, much like when they pick, the, they when they pick March Madness. they like, oh, look, we'd have Texas playing well, Texas A&M website, right Consider here. geography. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean is like, is like thinking about like, uh, you know, a traditional Rose Bowl matchup or things like well, that. And the, like, the argument, I think that goes into it. I, do, I know it does. Well, it's, it's, yeah. it's stated in their mission. Yeah. But the, um, the reason for that is fans have to travel to games. And it's, you know, if you have to travel to a semifinal game and then to a national championship game – you know, better regionality helps with that when you're trying to fill the stadium and sell tickets. And, you know, fans can only afford – I mean, a lot of fans are going to this SC, the Big 12 championship game. Well, now you've got to pony up to go to the 
Sugar Bowl, or, and then you got a pony up to go to the Orange Bowl. Uh, you know, and who so, among us can afford all that? Expensive season. Yes, <laughs> but it's a magical season, so you got to ride the oh, wave, awesome. right? Uh, ride the wave. But consider geography is one of their stated responsibilities. Yeah. Not, it's not in the shadow. So I think that's part of this, and it's easier for the committee to defend it now than later. Like they, if they had Texas at five all the time, and then all of a sudden Oregon wins and they jump them over, you know, everybody in Texas, they've let Texas kind of marinate on this thing and just get used to it not making any sense. Yeah. Consider geography. And I'm a big marketing conspiracy theorist, and there might be a reason they're leaving us lower right now, so we're all yapping about it nonstop. And, and I mean, I, it, it creates – you know, it creates exposure. It creates like viewers, et cetera. So I think it creates those stories that make you want to watch. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Me I'll, too. <laughs> I'm not leaving my TV. <laughs> you know, I'll be uh, driving back from Arlington in time to see those games on Saturday night because I'll be at uh, Jay Gilligan's on Saturday morning. Uh, come on out and see us out there. The Horn's going to be live in, in Dallas, downtown Dallas, on Friday afternoon at Terry Black's Barbecue. I'll also be at Jay Gilligan's in uh, downtown Arlington on Saturday morning from 8 to 11. And our Big 12 championship coverage is brought to you by One Source Gas, uh, your Texas compressed gas leader. My buddy Richard Strever there. If you have compressed gas needs for your business and you're looking for the best in a new CO2 or compressed gas provider, call Richard Strever at One Source Gas and his team there. And, of course, our uh, travel partner, our man Travis Tyndall and Tamara at Hayes City Store out in Driftwood, Texas, in their great new location, Taste on Main in Buda. Uh, they're going to help us get up there, and we'll tell you about them all week long. But, yes, yeah, somebody texted and said, can you put out on Twitter your your Friday and Saturday plans? I will do that, but just, uh, just know. Terry Black's Barbecue, downtown Dallas on Friday. Jay Gilligan's in downtown Arlington on Saturday morning ahead of the game. And then I'll be driving back after the game to watch man, all you got the games. busy schedule. Come on, man. It's football. It's football. Uh, lock it in. Hey, can we uh, get to the Setlist ATX, Nick? Can we do that here? Because we're going to talk to Alex Oka for bottom of the hour. And uh, Setlist ATX, normally at 930, but this is where you guide us. Oh, by the way, did you make it to any of the Bob Schneider show on Saturday before the Texas game? I did not. I was fully locked into only football. <laughs> I really need to know because I, I heard it was a real good show. The, the Christmas one over at – No, no. The, he oh, you L- mean oh, LCL. Longhorn, LCL. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was thinking because he played the Christmas show the next day. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't. I, uh, so if anybody went to that, let me know what his set lift was like. I bet it was pretty cool. Yeah. Cause Bob Schneider can play any genre of music. He can, if he's looking to jam, he can jam and go real quiet with the orchestra. He can be romantic. I bet, I bet that was a, that was a raucous one. Right. I bet he did some of the, you know, some of the ugly Americans kind of oh, yeah. like some of that, that stuff. And, uh, yeah. And, and by the way, props to Longhorn city limits has been awesome. Props to the folks at, at C3, but also props to, I think, this guy gets lost in it. There's a guy named Charles Branch that 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 actually he works under Drew Martin, and the guy just crushes it. He's the guy that's out there. He's got the headset on. He's there at 3 a.m. You know, like he's and they, and they crush it. Like that experience is great. I love Longhorn City Limits. I was uh, lazy on Saturday, so I didn't go. <laughs> yeah, and I was working, but either way, I would have liked it because I love Bob Schneider. For you know, everybody who lives in Austin a long time loves Bob Schneider. Uh, and he can put on any realm. He's so talented. Uh, he can do anything you want. He could be a stand-up comedian, too, by the way, if Bob Schneider wanted to be a stand-up comedian. He's an entertainer. He's so funny. Yeah. And he's an smart. Austin treasure. <laughs> yeah, he is. And that was cool. So, And it was a perfect day. I mean, the weather was great, and it was Friday, and no one was working. It's good stuff. Okay, so Setlist ATX, where are the best shows tonight? We'll talk to Alex Okafer at the bottom of the hour. And props to LCL and CDC for that whole, whole idea of uh, making a Texas football game feel like a day in Austin, which is pretty cool and smart. But what about uh, this week's live music set list? Yeah, we got t- tonight. We got some good ones. There's a, I, I talked about it last week, but there's a great uh, kind of folk singer songwriter. He's doing a couple nights. He did one last night, but he's also playing tonight at Antone's His Golden Messenger. 
And then a, a band I really like, if you're a fan of kind of old school, like Social Distortion or kind of, you know, that, that kind of punk rock, the, the Menzingers are playing at Empire Control Room with Cloud Nothing. So that's a good good kind of actual like underground punk show. And then this group who I really like, which are really crazy, are playing at Emo's called Hot Mulligan. And it's kind of a, it's another kind of punky show. And it's, it's hard to describe, but they put on an awesome show and I love that band. Uh, and then Thursday or tomorrow, uh, Ben Rector, a great singer songwriter, will be playing ACL Live, as well as an, an awesome Americana group, Houndmouth, will be playing Antones. And then actress, model, everything, Sky Ferreira will be playing a show over at Emos. And so, uh, yeah, the start of the week starts off pretty, or right now starts off pretty strong. And uh, then Friday, for all you 90s, 90s people, Liz Fair will be playing it at ACL Live, and that'll be a great show. Um, and then uh, kind of indie rock favorites, Moon Taxi, will be playing at Emos. And then another good America, Americana band, American Aquarium, will be out at, at Scoot Inn. And uh, if the weather keeps being like it is, that'll be a nice uh, air-conditioned show. It might get a little cold. American but... Aquarium. You know, that the name of their band came from a great Wilco song, but it, yeah, just so you know. That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that, that song gave birth to, I think, Aquarium Drunkard, which was a big uh, website back in the day for Americana, too. Yeah, so. pretty cool. And then speaking of that, Houndmouth will be over at Antone's again, one of their three nights. And then a, a really cool one over at the O4 Center, another, you know, Austin treasure. We stole him because he's technically a Houstonian, I believe. Uh, Jack Ingram will be doing his holiday acoustic show at the, at the O4 Center, which if you haven't been out there, super cool kind of old. It, I mean, it's a church. It really is. You sit in the pews, but the, the sound in that place is phenomenal. Like, I cannot stress enough to go watch a show there. It's such a cool experience, and it's just kind of – you wouldn't expect that it's a church just sitting there right by Matt's El Rancho and uh, – it's, it's a good a, night. Get some mats, get yeah. some of that queso, and uh, oh, man. then rock over and see a show. You know what that I mean? That sounds good. That sounds good right now. And then one I'm, I'm actually really excited about out at the hot spot in Cedar Park, uh, another 90s uh, huge band, Candlebox, will be playing with Three Doors Down uh, out there. And then Saturday, some, some old favorites, old 97s, will be playing with Rattlesnake Milk at, uh, at Emo's. And then Houndmouth does their last night at Antone's. And then legendary, legendary guitarist who is uh, shout out to uh, to my boss Gary Keller. It's one of his favorite artists. Tommy Emmanuel will be playing at the Paramount. If you like, uh, if you like people that can play guitar, Tommy's one of the best out there. Nice. And then uh, uh, another Austin classic, Guy Forsyth, will be over at the Saxon Pub. And uh, if you haven't seen Guy, he's one that that uh, I think pretty much if you grew up in Austin, you've seen Guy at least once at something. He's uh, he's just a, an awesome artist. And then a great country musician, Alexander Kay, will be over at Scoot Inn. And then over at Green Hall is a really cool one on Saturday night. So it's uh, it's Django Walker uh, doing his dad's music along with Jerry Jeff's band, uh, kind of celebrating oh, the music cool. of Jerry Jeff. And that's out of Green Hall, which is just oh, it's, it'll be special. Yeah. Well, Jerry Jeff was a big part of Friday. Um, playing uh, getting a crowd fired up at the Django yeah, yeah he played yeah he played his his Texas song uh and yeah it was it was cool I mean it's all part of that game experience that they just they're crushing it and it's uh I'm impressed uh, that's cool Jerry Jeff you know what's so weird is uh when Jerry Jeff passed away um gosh it was only like a like two days later I was at the driving range here at Onion Creek and there's Django yeah Man, Jack, no, that's not true. That's not true. My memory's coming back. I saw him, and then the next day, I heard his dad pass oh. away. Oh, man, because I'd just been talking to him. He's such a good guy. And Super by the way, a, a fact that no one knows about Django Walker, he was a 
beast of a basketball player. I don't know if he still is, but he I think he played he's at Austin athlete. High. Yeah, he's a good athlete. Great athlete and yeah. good, super good guy. Yeah, and Jerry Jeff, of course, we're doing the show from the Onion Creek studio this morning. Uh, you know, Daryl Royal, Willie Nelson, Jerry Jeff, they used to hang out here a lot and play a lot of golf, yep. by the way, and uh, do a lot of other things here in the, <laughs> in the OC back in the 70s. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, and that's, then, that's how Django grew up go, coming here and playing golf. Yeah, he's an he's an awesome guy. If you have, if well, you never had cool. a beer with him, he's it's uh, it's it's a it's a fun thing he's to do. Super, one of the nicer people you ever see. Oh, he's awesome. Just just like his pops. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, Sunday starts the I believe four nights of Black Pumas at ACL oh, cool. Live, which will be cool. And they, I mean, they always put on a great show and kind of you know promoting that new album and. Uh, definitely make it to one of those shows. So that that starts on Sunday. And then uh, Samara Joy, a great jazz artist, will be playing over at Bass Concert Hall. An indie rock group that I love, We Are Scientists, will be playing Antones. And then Dallas Favorites, Deep Ellum Kids, Polyphonic Spree will be at the hot spot at Cedar Park. And then Monday, Black Pumas again, as well as the amazing BMI Songwriter Series at the Saxon Pub, which is a cool one to check out. It's always up-and-coming artists that BMI selects themselves and kind of puts on these showcases, and it's a cool one to come out to. It's kind of a happy hour show, and uh, it's a good chance to see some artists that will be big in the next couple years. And then lastly on Tuesday, Black Pumas again. So uh, definitely get out and see the Pumas. All right, it's not the busiest live music week. That's good. It's a busy football week, right? Yeah, you're you're going to watch exactly. football all day. And by the way, quick correction: that SEC championship game, Georgia Alabama, is three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh man, it's just lined up. Yeah, so I thought I, I must have read that wrong earlier this morning because I, I was like, they're all at night. That seems weird. But the other two, the ACC and the Big Ten, are night. Uh, three o'clock in the afternoon, SEC. Texas at eleven. Uh, so you know, if you're Sark, you jump on the the you know the CBS crew go on the game they're talking about hey we beat alabama we you know what i mean you, you got to yeah. get out there you got to go politic if you win the game got to win the game first it honestly sets up great for promoting if we win and, and can do it running away like it, it's a it, it's it, you've got all those games to have a platform at halftime to just you know make your case that's right well said line it up and um you know and can't hurt right i mean it's uh, the decision we made the next morning so that means when i'm driving back from jay gilligan's in arlington i'll be watching the georgia and alabama game yeah, I know. I know. Driving carefully, I, just, I, just, I can now put it on YouTube, and I can put my t- my phone right in my dashboard, so I don't even have to like look down. Just can but, watch the game. I'll be watching. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh man, that's. Ugh. I've yeah. already got my Saturday in my head and it's planned. It's gonna be perfect. Well, you know? I guarantee you, Bianco's already got all the all of all of Sark's press circuit planned out. I guarantee he's already sent some text messages to some folks. So uh, yeah, we. Uh, well, Bianco's one of the best. And oh, he's, he's the, awesome. uh, the longtime SID Sports Information Director at Texas, and I he actually had a tweet last night. You can already see this. The gears are working. <laughs> now, look, I'm sure Sark has told everybody, do not – we have to win this game. Yeah, he focus, does not want, focus. And you can tell it's a concern, right? This team – is this program still past being entitled and yeah. being you – know, overlooking a team. Um, but John Bianco last night said, heard CFP discussion about common opponents and was curious to hit refresh on Oregon v. Texas Tech. Only difference in the game was Red Raiders failed a two-point conversion with the Ducks ahead 31-30 to with 110 remaining. Tech threw a pick six with 35 seconds left in a 38-30 loss. That is true. Man, don't let facts get in the way of of of, uh, Texas of, the, of the eye test. And by 78 per, 78% completion percentage for Bonix. Never forget that. <laughs> um, this uh, so again, and we had the Boo Corrigan uh, update. <laughs> 
it, it's pretty clear because he said we're comparing everything. We're looking at every data point, but they're not considering the data points. That's the thing. That's they're, right. they're looking at it, they, though. Well, we've looked at it all. <laughs> uh, Texas, better victory over common opponents, better higher strength of schedule, better uh, strength of record, more wins versus CFP top 25, Oregon and uh, Texas Tech, the like opponent, the eye test. They, this is regional. I'm telling you, this yep. is they're going to have for the first time since 2016, I believe is the number. Unless somebody corrects me, there's going to be a team because this was supposed to be USC, right? I mean, with Caleb, let's be honest about that. When I say supposed, that was Lincoln Riley. They need a the college football as an industry needs the West Coast to be relevant. They haven't been in the college football playoffs since 2016 with Chris Peterson in Washington. Yeah. Uh, this 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 sport has been so dominated by Georgia, Clemson, and Alabama. The Deep South is their territory. It's got to expand. It really does. So it's almost, in my mind, you want to call it a conspiracy or TV driving it. Guys, this year, whether it be whether Colorado being a, you know, what they were, kind of lit the fuse, the Pac-12 was perceived as a really good conference this year. Whether it is or isn't, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Exactly. We, we're going we're gonna to get a West Coast team in here, and it might be a, a flashy Oregon team. We're going to take the winner of this, this game, and they're going to be in. Sorry, Texas. No, yep. You still have a way in if Florida State were to lose, ha- happily take you, but you're not getting up over the West Coast. It's yep. not going to happen this year. Sorry. I agree. agree. Yeah. So that's frustrating. But, uh, but again, I keep saying, even if Texas were ahead of Oregon, I, I, I guess the point is they're not leaving the Pac-12 out. No. They're yeah. going to leave either the Big 12 or the ACC out. And I, I honestly, I truly believe we can thank Dion for, for all of this. Like, it, it created this hype machine that, that we have just somehow propelled into. And I'm not hating on, I think UW and Oregon are good football teams. Like, I really do. But I think that, that part of this, this, whole, this whole effort and this whole, you know, six teams ranked at the start of the year, like, really – propelled it of like oh the Pac-12 in its final year is 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 incredible and I think that's what's gonna it's gonna it's gonna we'll see hopefully it doesn't cost us a spot uh and of course if Texas doesn't make the final four come Wednesday and you're looking for the next step they're gonna either play in the Cotton Bowl the Peach Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl oh <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah sorry yeah, it's gonna that's gonna be a tough one. So we'll see. Or, Hopefully or you're happen. just happy that you're back where you are. But you, you know, this kind of feels like a team that deserves a shot at it. Nobody's gonna be happy with that with that scenario. And, and it, it, the, the the you know, if that happens in Florida State, let's say Florida State beats uh, Louisville by fifteen to thirteen or something, right? And they win that game, and everybody knows Texas with a healthy quarterback is better than Florida State. Sorry. Yeah, and, and and it's hard to argue that. Like if they go undefeated, I, I oh, mean, they're like, an con- I, you know undefeated conference champion wins over LSU, went over, um, you know what was the other Clemson? Which but yeah. again, that, that their resume looked great in September, but it doesn't look as good. Correct. Yeah, so that's I another. There, one. I think there is an argument, but at the same time, I don't. I just can't imagine them. Because you, you, if they go undefeated in the ACC and and they did play to their credit, they played. You know, they're, they're out of conference schedule. They did play LSU. They it wasn't like they you yeah know, they scheduled a tough opponent. That, yeah, the SEC. Yeah. They, they and there's a lot of people pointing out that you know if if Texas gets left out, CDC should immediately cancel next year's Michigan game, the Ohio <laughs> State game, because that tells you that the playing a tough team in the non-con doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Fair, but I think with the 12-team playoff, they won't do that. Uh, t- they want those games. They want those non-con games. Uh, Fox won't let them do it. Fox is, wants that game next September in Ann Arbor with Texas and Michigan. That was part of the negotiation to get out of the deal. But, look, you just root for Louisville, and Louisville uh, is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Two-and-a-half-point favorite. I mean, Florida State, I should say, two-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. That game could go either way in Charlotte. Neutral site, no home field advantage for either side. 
Uh, I think Louisville's got a pretty decent shot to win that game. If they do, that's the spot you need. That's your opening. That, that's we have to. That has to happen. Otherwise, we're 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 no. done with that conversation. Correct. Like, I think we need Georgia. To, we need Georgia to beat Alabama. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think having two one loss. I I just feel like that opens the door up for some some SEC homers to to try to get both those teams in. Yeah, but I, I think I'd Texas. Not have got, to, this one, is where Texas's big big stick and brand I think would would come into play here. Uh, but either way, we'll talk. We, we don't have time to get back into that deep talk. We'll do it later. Uh, we got all the way to eleven o'clock because we're coming back, and Alex Okafer is going to join the show. Uh, he's got a great project that he's a part of, but also doing great work. His thoughts on this matchup with Oklahoma State and where the Longhorn stands. That's coming back on Hook 'Em Up with Ian Rodby. Nick Shuley in the house today. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook 'Em Up, one hundred one nine AM twelve sixty, The Horn. Good stuff. We always appreciate your conversation on the uh, text line. Also appreciate Nick with the set list ATX. Get out and see some live music. About four straight Black Pumas shows at ACL Live at the Moody Theater. That'll be a lot of fun. Well, like, can I mention, if you're going down to see the Pumas or anybody down that area, go see our friend uh, Rick over at La Condesa. Oh, Great restaurant. You hooked me up with him, and uh, we went to brunch there recently. It was awesome. Um, friends and family in town. It was so good. Brunch was perfect. And they have the best. I'm not a big dessert guy. But I always, now that you've hooked me up with, with, with Rick, uh, they have a uh, – at the Brown, I don't know they have it all the time. But it's like a cinnamon waffle. Oh, I haven't had that. But Man. it's like – but I think I – mean, you can tell they cook it in a waffle maker, but they make it out of uh, like – Churros. Croissant dough or something. Oh. It's, like, it's like a big churro. Oh. Dude. And then they have the, 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 you know, the, the icing on it. It's so good. So props to them. So if you're going to see any shows down there, go see uh, Locke and Dessa and Rick. He's a good dude. Great listener. Somebody said, I echo Ty's concern. If Bama wins, that likely means two SEC teams, which is blanked up. I don't believe that. I mean, okay, I could come in here with egg on my face Monday, which has not been the first time. But I, I think this is the year where four different conferences are getting in. I don't, we've never, let's keep in mind, never in the 10 years of the CFP has there been eight teams with a chance to make it on the final weekend. That's never happened. So I think this is the year – now, unless complete chaos happens, right, unless there are four different upsets. Uh, but I do think if Alabama beats Georgia and everything else kind of goes to, to, to falls Texas, well, I, I don't – look, I just think Georgia will be behind Texas in the final rankings. Whether Texas is in the final four or not, that will depend on the Louisville-Florida State game. But that, that will drop – I think that's a play-in game. I really do for the SEC, uh, especially with, with Texas lurking and Texas's win over Alabama. Because if you – and I know they're not following the rules right now, or at least the data, but the rule would tell you, we beat Alabama, you beat Georgia. Come on, that's got to mean even more now. The win over Alabama on the road means even more. I just don't feel like it's getting the love it deserves, but – Maybe that would take – well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, but that's why Sark needs to be on that broadcast. And by the way, they should have won by more than 10 is the crazy part. Once again, style points. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's go to uh, the Vaqueros hotline and uh, bring on a very busy guy, but one of the uh, – uh, the Lifetime Longhorns doing great work all through Austin, Texas. Great work in our community. Uh, he is a Lifetime Longhorn and Super Bowl champion with the Kansas City Chiefs, our friend Alex Okafer. Alex, how are you, man? Hey, what's going on, fellas? I appreciate y'all having me. Appreciate up, you. Man, I see you everywhere. I see you with my man Bob Ballou. You're on Caveview. You're doing all kinds of stuff. Appreciate watching it. You do great work, my friend. No doubt. I appreciate that. Uh, this uh, media stuff is new for me, so I'm just trying to break through the space and uh, just – Get better with every rep. Yep, well, better with every rep. Just borrow what you did to make it to the National Football League. That's right. Uh, uh, get better with every rep. Hey, speaking of that, for this Texas defense, when you analyze it and really break it down, uh, what makes this 
team such a run – I mean, we know Sweat and Murphy in the middle, but when you watch them, from, from, um, you know, uh, te- technically, why are they so good at stopping the run? Man, they're just a physical bunch, if I'm being honest. Like, if you really break down the film and watch the tape, they're just whipping the man in front of them. They're beating double teams. They're slapping people across the line of scrimmage. They're a physical group, and I think you got to thank Coach Bo Davis for that. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I think, uh, man, I think uh, I'll tease it a little bit on you. You have this great podcast now called Behind the Face Mask, and I think uh, you you talked a little bit about uh, about it, and I think you you talked with uh, Tavandre and kind of let something out about that whole situation. If you could talk about that a little bit. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> no, no doubt. Yeah. So uh, I have a new podcast called Behind the Face Mask. It's on YouTube. Go ahead and look that up. And uh, the first interview that I had was with Big T Sweat. And we kind of relived the uh, the infamous Bo Davis bus rant from two years ago. And basically, he took responsibility for it. He said, you know, I wasn't the same guy that I am now. I'm more mature. I'm a better leader. And back then, you know, even after a loss, I didn't take things as seriously. And I just felt like football wasn't everything. And he got caught laughing in the wrong moment. And Coach Bo Davis didn't receive that well. And then, you know, the rest is online for y'all to go look up. But uh, it, it was cool for him to get to open up and kind of reflect on that situation and how much he's grown. Yeah, we've actually played that and borrowed it and played it on the show here uh, for you, Alex, because it was such a it was coming off of the uh, the win over Iowa State and it's such a you know you know turning point for the program and you can speak to that and you know we we Tavondre sweats uh, you know the, the life of the party man he is a, he's a he's a big time character you can see him kind of giggling through things sometimes and everybody reacts differently to things but. Uh, you know, I think that that whole story that he revealed to you that he was the guy laughing and he was the you know lit the fuse on Bo Davis and the tantrum uh, that maybe you know cleaned out this program. Uh, the fact that you know Bo didn't hold a grudge, Coach Davis. I mean, the team built this thing, and Tavandre went to work and is big part of the turn. Right, uh, two years later, he's a guy that uh, you know has a chance to win the Outland Trophy in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that just goes to show kind of the player development uh, being brought back to the university. I know over the past 10 years, a lot of Texas fans kind of complained, including myself, that the players just weren't developing in the system. Now, fast forward to where we're at now, not only are the players developing physically, you see them developing mentally as well. And that, I mean, T. Sweat's the best example of that, just mentally, how he's changed his leadership, how he's brought younger guys along with him. It just shows the development of T. Sweat in the team itself. Hey, Alex Okafer is with us. Alex, speaking of, the, of culture, and Sark has uh, been, you know, talked openly about how they've gone about, you know, really intentionally building that culture and letting players bond and get to know one another. Uh, you know, culture can be fleeting, though. How, how, when, when, when T. Sweat moves on and, and uh, Byron Murphy and Jalen Ford and Jade Barron and these guys, when they move on, you know, however this season wraps up, uh, how do you make sure if you're Sark that, that that stays in the program? How do you keep building on that culture and not uh, let it swing back the other way? 
Yeah. So, uh, I mean, first of all, let's pray that uh, Big Murph stays because that'll that'll help a lot in terms of keeping the culture intact. But uh, it just comes through the development that I spoke on a few minutes ago. Um, Not only are our top guys developing, but everybody must develop. These freshmen have to develop right when they get into the program. Sophomores got to be ready to carry the torch and step in right away. Every position in every age group has to develop within their parameters, and I think that's what we must see for this program to take the next step. Hey, let me ask you about culture because, I mean, you had it at Texas and then, uh, you know, into the NFL, three different organizations. You won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. You know, is, is that a palpable thing? Can you talk about that, the, the, you know, different organizations and different cultures? I have to think, you know, when you're in KC with, with Mahomes and Reed, and it's kind of a baked-in thing that you just you either get on board or you're not going to be there in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it starts with your top guys. So, I mean, when I was in Kansas City, you look at guys like Pat, you look at guys like Travis, you look at guys like Big Red, which is Coach Andy Reid, and you know you're going to get the best out of them week in and week out. So somebody like me, who am I not to give my best week in and week out? And it just kind of trickles down throughout the locker room. That's what we got to see with this Texas team. You know Big Sweat's going to come week in and week out. You know Coach Sark, his play calling is going to be amazing week in and week out. Coach Bo Davis is going to give you all the guys week in and week out. So now it just has to trickle throughout the program, and that's how culture is involved. That's how culture is developed. No, that's great, man. And Man, I think, I think since, you know – I've gotten to know you a lot recently, and I think you know. I think a lot of people are wondering, you know, what's what's your next? What's uh, what's next for Alex, and what are you focusing on? Yeah. So as I mentioned before, I'm just trying to break into the sports media space. I wanted to. I told myself when I stopped playing, I wanted to stay as close to sports as possible without having to actually coach. So uh, those are my goals <laughs> for right now. Um, Right now, I'm doing uh, Longhorn breakdowns on our local CBS station and our local ABC station here in Austin. Um, Also, I have my podcast behind the face mask. And also with uh, your co-host today, Nick Shuley, I'm doing the the third and Longhorn podcast as well. So just trying to, you know, develop my resume. And like I said earlier, get better with every rep and try to expand within this space. Yeah, it's all good stuff. I've seen the TV and the third and Longhorn. There, Derek Johnson comes on that. You got a bunch of guys. It's pretty cool. I uh, really enjoy watching that. And Alex, so for Al- Alex, when you're breaking the film, and this is what uh, fans love, and I love about watching your breakdowns. You you watch film your whole life. I you normally do the show with Rod Babers, and of course he has too. When you watch the film of Texas versus Oklahoma State, uh, what concerns you about mm-hmm. the Cowboys uh, for this matchup on Saturday? Yeah, well, obviously they got one of the best running backs in the nation, in Ollie Gordon. So. Uh... It'll be a nice matchup for our D-line once again to have to prove to stop another elite rushing attack. But uh, outside of that, I mean, if I'm being honest, if we show up, I don't think there's much that Oklahoma State can do to us. And we have to go in there with that mentality. I'm not saying sleep on Oklahoma State. I'm not saying underestimate them. But it's more of knowing who we are and who they are. And if we bring our A game, there's nothing that they can do with us. And we have to prepare like that. Uh, you, you played for a lot of coaches, Alex. Alex Okafer is with us. You just heard he's doing all kinds of great media and podcasts and TV, joining us here this morning to preview this game. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, what, you know, everyone has learned him over three years, but, man, really, you know, he, he started this back in the summer where he went on that Pivot podcast and talked about this team looks like my team. They talk like my team. You know, the, the consistency within his coaching staff that has, has helped permeate this, this leadership. What do, you, uh, what do you take from Steve Sarkeesian of the type of, uh, of leader he's become for the Texas football program? Yeah, uh, one thing that's impressed me the most about Sark is him coming into the program 
kind of like you mentioned, he had a specific idea of what he wanted this team to look like, and he had a roadmap on how to build that type of team, and he has not veered an inch off of that roadmap. Each and every recruiting class, he's recruiting his type of guys. And not only that, if we transition into play calling, like a lot of coaches, you always wonder, like, what is their specialty and, you know, why did they get hired? Coach Sark, he's known as a brilliant play caller. What people hate is when you bring in a brilliant, a brilliant play caller, he doesn't call plays like that no more. One thing about Sark is he's brought that play calling with him, and it's gotten better each and every year, and you'd love to see that. Hey, Alex, man, we appreciate it. Tell folks again how they can find uh, all the, the things you're doing, the podcast, the TV. You're down there with KVU on ABC and, of course, Bob Baloo on CBS, uh, breaking it down, and then uh, the podcast. Give them one more run of how they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So my Behind the Face Mask podcast, you can find that on YouTube. Just type in Behind the Face Mask, and all of the interviews will pop up. You can catch my local CBS Austin breakdown Sunday night at 10 p.m., and you can uh, catch my local – ABC Austin uh, breakdowns on Tuesdays at 10 p.m. And last but not least, I do the Third and Longhorn podcast with Nick Shuley, and that drops. Nick, you can tell them whenever that drops. I think that drops every Wednesday or Thursday, something like that. So, yeah, we we generally record it on Wednesdays and then put it out on Fridays. I think. All right, looking right forward to game. that. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you. Hey, Alex, good to hear you. Join us anytime, and uh, appreciate the insights and good luck uh, with everything you're doing, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Alex, Thanks, Alex Okafer, there you go. Uh, there it is. Um, by the way, speaking of recruiting classes, can I give you a little piece of Longhorn news? If uh, While we're on with Alex, we're going to do a little round of who said that coming up, Nick, which is always fun. We'll also get back into Tavondre Sweat and why he should win the Outland Trophy, if not the Beneric <laughs> and others. But um, can I mention, if, you're on the, if you follow recruiting, the Longhorns are in a good position for five-star corner Kobe Black out of Waco. Uh, he moved his date back. Um, I, but my friend Mike Craven, a partner on the, our podcast, the Eyes on Texas podcast, which will be out today, uh, he told me last night that they, he moved it back to December the 11th. He's from Waco. He's a five-star corner. Most people believe he favors Texas. Uh, he was going to announce today, as a matter of fact, on, the, on this 29th, but he had a scheduling conflict. But he's going to announce it on Dave Campbell's Texas Football. He's going to be on their show, Texas Live in a couple of weeks. So I think that might have been what it was that they wanted him to come do it. Uh, but still, according to Mike and all of our Jerry Hamilton, others very good for Texas. There's also a safety from McKinney named Xavier Philsane, who Rod's talked about. Rod has seen him on film. He's, I mean, think Derek Williams, too, right? Just big, long, rangy, um, you know, as Rod would say, hips like a corner, but long arms and, you know, just prototypical safety where you can cover, uh, cover ground in this day and age of spread football. He uh, has been a Florida commitment, right? He, we, and Jerry Hamilton has told the story of Xavier Philsane from McKinney, Texas. He was on campus at Texas last Friday and actually, or last week, took a visit. He, one of his parents lives in the Metroplex and the other one lives in Orlando. So he's got Florida ties. He's committed to Florida, but yesterday the position coach who had been recruiting him for two years got fired. <laughs> I, saw that, I saw that tweet. <laughs> yes, and he was like, what? Uh, oh, man. So keep an eye on Xavier Philsame. There's a chance here because, you know, this thing's going to come like a whirlwind for us, but certainly the coaches from the playoff or not to the Big 12 championship to the portal opening to the signing day. The early window opens December the 20th, right before Christmas, a Wednesday. That's when that opens. You know, could the Longhorns, where they've had secondary issues this year, you already have Derek Williams in place, you have Terrence Brooks, you've got uh, uh, Manny Muhammad, the freshman from Oak Cliff who came in and played so well that last year. When you think about extending this culture and keeping to play good defense, if you could add two five-stars, a safety and a corner, 
to this recruiting class on top of what's already in it, that's pretty good. So keep an eye on that. That's good news for them. Potentially good news for Longhorns that Bill, that, uh, Billy Napier was forced to fire some guys on his defense, and that may lean Xavier Philsen back towards Texas. Yeah, and two weeks ago, the Texas flipped another Florida kid. Uh, well, Wardell Florida Mack. Commitment. Yeah, Wardell Mack from uh, Louisiana. So uh, Florida's getting – Florida's getting roughed up by Texas right now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, take advantage. You know, it's like with A&M, strike while, they, strike while they're down. You have to. Exactly. Uh, all right, we'll come back. When we do, a little round of Who Said That with Nick Shuley, who's the uh, busiest guy in media. Just heard Alex Okafer. We'll come back. Hook him up, Ian Rodby. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Oh, man, who said it coming up? Also, uh, breaking news, according to Brett McMurphy of the Action Network, Big 12 title game, Texas Oak State officially sold out. Sold out. Uh, conference will open up additional standing room tickets. To meet demand, uh, so sold out. It should be a great crowd. I was at the last time when they played Oklahoma in this game, and it was sold out. It was packed. It was a great game. Unfortunately, Kyler Murray got the better of Sam Ellinger that day. That was a tight one. That was a good game. Good game. Great crowd. Uh, this one should be similar, and Texas has a chance to make their final statement uh, for the college football playoff and win a Big 12 championship on their way out. And uh, I think uh, if, you're, if, you're, if the Longs are looking for how to put a chip on the shoulder or whatever the motivation is, if I'm Sark, I'm going with – because I know he's – he won't say it publicly, but he's embraced the uh, F around and figure out and find <laughs> out. He'll, like, like even after the Texas game, after the Texas fight in the locker room, Sark's on, on recorded. Yeah, Jade. Saying breaking it down with <laughs> blank around and find out, right? Yep. They've embraced that, and that's fine. Uh, they have T-shirts, F-A-F-O. Um, if I'm Sark, I'm saying make Brett Yormark hand us that trophy. Make Brett Yormark come up on that podium – and hand us the trophy with the confetti falling down. Make him do it. Oh, that would be beautiful. <laughs> beautiful sight. Oh, man, could you imagine how uh, he's got to be or, biting or his I, tongue there? Or even flip it around. Do not let him not. Do not let him not hand us that trophy. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I love Take it. Take it personal. That would be poetic justice. On our way out. Uh, Sark says the right things, but I know behind the scenes he's, stoked, he's poking the bear a little bit. Oh, you know which, it. Why wouldn't you? Uh, speaking of poking the bear, can I play this for you? You know, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers appears on the Pat McAfee show. I, this is who said that, but I wanted to set it up instead of you were going to guess who it was. Anyhow. But <laughs> we'll guess who is he talking about. He'll tell you pretty quick. How about this? Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday and talks about football. And here was something he said that was pretty interesting yesterday that may appeal to you Cowboy fans out there. First, I want to talk about Dak because um, he's become one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. Uh, I've watched more football this year than any other year because in normal years, you just, you're getting ready for a game, so you're never watching football, right? And you might see some scores on your phone and maybe every now and then, you know, see a Sunday night game uh, and you might get Monday, part of Monday or Thursday. But you're, not, you're just not, not watching a lot of games. And this year I watched a lot more games than usual. And, you know, Tom had some comments about – Brady had some comments about some of the mediocrity in the game. And I just want to say Dak is not who he was talking about okay. um, for a number of reasons. But I just love that it, he's really playing the position. What I mean by that is I'm watching him make Ringo calls. So that's protection adjustments against – these crazy looks and picking things up. I'm watching them, uh, you know, bring the tight end back in against zero pressure and throw an old concept we used to run for a touchdown to CeeDee Lamb in the back end zone. I'm watching him use his cadence uh, beautifully and and uh, and get into this rhythmic here we go into like uh, dummy, using it as a dummy sometimes, doing it twice, into like 
other cadences. I mean, I've, the last four or five weeks, I've gotten to see more of their games. And I just want to say, like, he's playing a position in a really impressive way. And for whatever reason, maybe because he's the Cowboys quarterback and it's one of those premier positions in sports, um, like I feel like the Green Bay quarterback has been for a long time and some other you know, positions in, in various sports, he might take a little more shit than, than he deserves or, or maybe it's deserving of the position, I guess. But I love the way he's playing, and I love the way he's playing, like really playing. I'm not talking about just like, oh, making good throws. I'm talking about like it seems more rare that guys are actually really playing a position where you're making adjustments, you're handling everything line of scrimmage. Now you're doing this crazy cadence stuff. Like I love it. And I just want to shout out Dak for like really impressing me. First one. There you go. Aaron Rodgers. Is that good for you, Ty? You're a Cowboys fan. You hear Aaron Rodgers crazy quarterback. Are you buying back in? Where are you? Not bad, bought back in yet, but you know, Aaron Rodgers does love a good cadence. So I'm sure that here we go. Well, and of course uh, he, he played for Mike McCarthy. <laughs> he played for Mike McCarthy, right? For a long time and won a Super Bowl with Mike McCarthy. So he knows this offense. I know it's the Tex coast now, but you're a Cowboys fan. I mean, look, he, he's echoing his, something I've said for the last month that, that I've watched Dak Prescott his whole career and he's playing better coming out of the bye week than I've ever seen him play. And then Rod brings in the deep dive numbers that back up what I'm watching. And now Aaron Rodgers is saying it. You know, we, we know it's going to start Thursday night, tomorrow night with the Seattle game, and then Philadelphia. I mean, he's going to face, you know, Josh Allen, um, Jalen Hurts, who's the toughest out right now in, in football. You've got to beat Jalen Hurts. He's a winner. Uh, then you've got to beat Tua. Then you've got to beat Josh Allen. Then you've got to beat Jared Goff. I mean, if that keeps playing like this, as Aaron Rodgers is noting, he can change some narratives. He really can. Now, I know it won't matter until January, but he's playing at a really high level. Yeah, I, I think that's where – that I, I as someone who renounced my fandom after the 49ers game, but I've said I can't stop watching the the car crash that is the Cowboys. I uh, and I love them, but I I am so impressed with how he's been playing lately. But I don't. I'm still not buying into the Cowboys like being that good. That like when you look at that combined record of of the teams they beat. Anytime they've played a real team, they've they've struggled. Maybe. And and I'm going to say this, and it's a hot take. I don't think I do not think Philadelphia will win the Super Bowl. I don't think they're that good. And me, merely by the fact that the Cowboys stuck around for that long and and fought with them. And I think the Eagles, if the Eagles are winners and they figure out how to win, but I think, I, I think that's going to change, but we'll, we'll see. But also I think the Cow, we're about to find out who the Cowboys are the next few weeks. Yeah. I mean, cause I've given the number many times this week that uh, their, their eight wins have come against teams who are 25 and 52 Yep, and 25 and 52. Uh, they're playing winning teams the rest of the way. Buffalo is six, six, but I think everybody knows Buffalo is better than that record. Uh, ask Philadelphia. I mean, but and I'll play this for you coming back on the other side. And, and what, what the Cowboys, when I say they have to beat Jalen Hurts, I'll play some sound for you. Jalen Hurts has established himself as just an absolute dude, right? He, he's, he's, he's the man. I hate the Eagles, and, and I hate OU. Like, he is the man. He is. <laughs> he is. I mean, and we'll let you – I'll play some sound for you outside of who said that on the other side. One of his teammates um, that's pretty good. And the, the mindset he has. That, uh, that that I'll play for. And I know it's an Eagles thing, and he's an OU guy. But, uh, you know, remember, this is the guy who was benched in college at Alabama in favor of Tua, lost his job, stuck in, didn't transfer, didn't mope, was a great teammate the whole time. Nick Saban, when he benched him, told him, work on your passing while well, use every rep to get better throwing. And then when they needed him to win the national championship, he was available, or the SEC championship, he was ready to go and help them win the championship. Then he went to, to Oklahoma 
rest is history. This is a dude, right? And He's that's a winner. Who you, that's who you have to beat. Yep. And Dak has to play that level in those games. I and, agree. Uh, we'll find out. It's it's pretty fun, pretty good stuff. We'll play that cup for you. Also, another who said that with one of the most jovial Longhorns, who might be one of the most decorated all Longhorns coming up, and another round of who said that on the other side. Took him up with Ian Rod B, but Nick Shuley hanging out with us. The president of the Austin Music Movement, Clark Field Creative. Texas One Fun. What doesn't he do, this guy over there? We're coming back. <laughs> 